Welcome to KW McCabe's Line, where you can get book updates and advice on the struggles of the writing process. Stay tuned for today's special update. Today is Friday, September 4th, 2020. In this episode, you will get to hear the rest of Thomas's story. Again, I want to apologize for the poor sound quality. I had to record the audiobook from my phone as I lost the original files. There are a few ads interspersed within the story. They help support this podcast. If you would like to hear the full audiobook with much better audio quality and no ads, the audiobook is available in links on my website at kwmccabe.org. But without further ado, here is the rest of Thomas's story, Lord of Death. My thoughts were a mix of worry and guilt. I knew why I had been assigned to this particular death. It was my punishment. Death was adept at finding ways to administer his particular form of justice. That Felicity was subjected to the choice was my fault. Not all souls were given the choice, only the purest ones. And even then, many souls continued on, never having met death's servant. They never experienced the exquisite torture of choosing between staying with their loved ones and moving on to eternity. It was my fault she had come to this pass. My fault she had taken the first step towards an eternity of bondage to death. I could not allow it. I had to find some way to stop it. But how? The game had already begun. She had already chosen to stay. The only way she could change anything would be to choose to leave the next time I asked for her choice. And I knew, with an ache of pain deep in my soul, what choice she would make. If only there was no choice. If only there weren't this never-ending game of the corruption of souls. If only there weren't death. But that was impossible. How could one defeat death? As the saying went, all roads end in death. Except one. Where exactly was it souls went when they passed on? I knew only the purest of souls went there, wherever it was. Saria had gone there, I was certain. The only way to know where those souls went would be to find a soul and follow it. My chest constricted at the thought. I had never, in all my years of bondage, sought souls against death's bidding. It would put the soul I followed in peril of the choice. It would put me in peril of the punishment he would administer. It might be the key to saving Felicity. I swallowed hard. I had to take the chance. Gathering myself up, I listened for the tug which told me a soul somewhere was dying, and I followed the soul I found was a disappointment. Darkened by years of evil deeds, it was not a soul that would escape bondage to death. I left, desperate to find the soul I needed to further my plan. It took three additional tries that night to find a soul which was pure enough. I nearly gave up, my fear of death's discovery causing my heart to pound at the thought. When at last I found the soul, 
I was weary and discouraged. Certain I would hear death's demand that I return to his domain, I almost missed the tug. When I noticed, I immediately moved in the direction of its call and came to a small farm. There was a house squatting in the center of the fields. Its door was ajar, and I entered in and stopped. On the floor, flanked by a weeping man and woman, was a small boy. His belly was opened with a large gash, and blood pooled in the area around him. Grief touched me at the sight. There was no greater pain than that of losing a child. If there had been some way I could have comforted the couple, I would have. There wasn't. Already, the boy's pure soul was rising away from his corpse. I gave one last glance to the mourning couple and turned away. The boy was leaving, his face alight with wonder, and his gaze turned above. I felt a moment's relief that he would not be in danger of the choice. No face which held that much joy and peace could ever have to experience that trap. He slipped then into the shadows. Surprised, I followed him and began a journey which would change the course of everything I knew. I journeyed to the very edge of the light. The boy's soul grew more and more translucent as I followed. The shadows thinned until following was difficult. When I stopped at last, the boy's soul was far ahead of me, blending into the brightness around him. My shoulders slumped as I let out a sob of breath. I had failed. I had been a fool to think I would discover help from the place I had rejected by my choice. I turned, meaning to head back, when a voice sounded all around me. Who is this that touches the realm where death may not enter? I froze. What could I say? What words could I use to convince? I needed help so badly. I am Thomas, I said, my voice a dry whisper of hope and dread. Why do you seek this realm when you have already made your choice? It was the question I had feared and hoped for, the opening to my plea. I seek help for my daughter. I cleared my throat nervously. Death has set a trap for her. She has not yet made the final choice. Death sets traps for many, and yet you come not for all those souls he imperils. I flushed in embarrassment and shame. Once again, selfishness was my downfall. No. I bowed my head. I could only hope Felicity would not suffer for my flaws. Death sets traps for many, but it was not fear of those souls that brought me to your borders. There was a silence for a long while. Despair set in me. I was certain my request would be denied by the time the voice spoke. Your plea has been heard, Thomas. Looking up, I held my breath. Hope made my heart beat hard in my chest. That is the answer. For your selfishness and your choice, your request would have been denied. My heart fell. I felt dizzy with despair, but the voice had not stopped speaking. But for all the souls who have been trapped by death, and to save the souls who have not yet made the choice, you will receive aid. What did this mean? I was afraid to hope too soon. The choice cannot be undone. 
the souls who have chosen, have chosen for all eternity. But for those who have not made the final choice, yes, even your child, there is still time. You must challenge death, Thomas. I let out my breath in a shaky whoosh of air. This was what I had hoped for. I had known it was too late for me, but at least my child would be safe. But how did one challenge death? That dilemma was the whole reason I had travelled here to begin with. How do I challenge death? I called out. Keeping the frustration from my voice was hard, but I managed, barely. You must find out why death picked you, Thomas. And then you must give him this. Into my hands floated a perfect sphere of light. I stared at it in wonder. What could it possibly be? What is this? How do I use it? What is it for? I knew I was babbling, but I couldn't help it. To be given this bauble and not told anything else was too frustrating. When you give this to death, tell him it is the answer to what he has asked from us for millennia. I clenched my fingers around the sphere, then immediately released. It would be disastrous if I destroyed the only hope of defeating death. But what is it? I asked. Plaintive. Peace. I waited for more, but nothing else came. After a while, it was obvious nothing else would. I had received from this place all the help I was likely to be given. I turned wearily and headed back the way I had come. Somehow, I must find a way to save Felicity. Somehow, I must defeat death. The change from light into darkness was gradual. Traveling through the shadows grew easier with each movement. Yet an ache lingered, a wistfulness for the beauty of a light which would never be my home. Pushing it away, I continued on. Death must be livid. There had been no way of telling just how long I had been gone. I shifted and shifted again, moving as quickly as possible. The sphere glowed bright in my hands, and I tucked it beneath my cloak. It dimmed once it was covered, which relieved me. I was not ready to challenge death yet. I wasn't even certain if it was possible. The only clue I had were the ones given to me. Challenge death? Find out why he picked you? At the moment, hiding the sphere was the best option. I still needed to discover exactly what it meant to challenge death. My heart was thudding in my chest by the time I arrived in his domain. He was very angry with my disappearance. His call had become a sharp and painful tug. I stopped at the dark gate before the guards, waiting their approval to pass. It was a terrifying experience. I could not know until too late if they could sense the gift I carried. They didn't, and once they signaled me through, I hurried on, heading immediately to my quarters. To delay answering his calls so long might have been foolish, but to arrive in his presence carrying the sphere would have been more so. I had no doubts he would sense it. It was made for him. I hid the sphere quickly and left to meet what punishment I would receive. There was no doubt in my mind it would be terrible. Not only had I pushed the rules of the choice with Felicity, I had delayed my return. 
The only consolation I had was that, finally, there was some way to end his reign of terror. I paused before the large doors which barred the way to his throne. The symbol shuddered and writhed, as though laughing at my plight. I pressed my hands to it, stiffening against the sharp sweep of magic. The doors opened. You have been long in coming, Thomas. There was laughter in his voice. I shuddered and did not speak. You have been long in coming, and you have disobeyed me yet again. His voice was a dry rasp. I couldn't move my feet forward. You will have to help me understand your doings tonight. He paused again. When he spoke at last, his command overrode all my best instincts to flee in the opposite direction. Come. The door shut behind me, like the final closing of a coffin's lid, as I entered in. By the time I left the throne room, a cold, hard knot had grown in my chest. I'd had enough. This last time had been the worst. When he had finally finished, he ordered me to return to Felicity and give her the choice. I could only stare at him. Never before had he demanded the second phase of the choice so soon. He had laughed to see the look of disbelief and despair on my face. Thomas... I call in my debts when I please. We shall see if the apple does not fall far from the tree. Mm. Despair had fallen on me like a blanket. I believed I would have a little more time to discover how to defeat him. It was too late. Time had run out. I had to confront him now, or Felicity would pay the price. Limping into my quarters, I retrieved the sphere. It had muted to a soft, pulsing gold. I looked at it in frustration and despair. How was I supposed to use it? Wrapping it in the folds of my cloak, I took a breath and went to confront death. Once I reached the doors to the throne room, I touched the symbol and waited for the doors to open. They opened silently, a brush of dank air wafting from the room within. Thomas! You have returned for further... discourse? I gritted my teeth and moved forward, ignoring the leap in my heart when the doors clicked shut behind me. For too long I had been subject to his corruption, playing the marionette to his twisted games with souls. Forgetting who I had been, I had nearly forgotten what it meant to have honor, real honor. And suddenly, it all became clear. I nearly laughed at my foolishness in not understanding it before. My journey to the light had not been without clues. They had given me everything I needed to defeat death. It was so obvious now. The answer was so very simple that I didn't understand how I could have missed it all this time. To challenge death, I must do the opposite of what my choice had first been. I must put aside all selfish concerns and do what would bring me no gain. Death, I said my voice ringing with a strength I had not felt for a long time. For too long you have played this foul game with souls. Too many have been lost to your bondage, and for what purpose? So many have been wasted for nothing. Standing before his shadow, for the first time since I had made the choice, I felt like myself. They had told me to challenge death. Likely, I would only receive punishment for my efforts. 
but I could not regret it. No more would I facilitate the corruption of innocent souls. If I had to suffer for the rest of eternity, so be it. I was done. His dark chuckle echoed through the room, raising the hairs on the back of my neck. So, you have finally come to this pass. I have waited a long time for you, Thomas. His tone was pleased. Why was he pleased? Waited for me. I couldn't stop the confusion which leached into my voice. Yes, Thomas, he said. Haven't I told you before that I chose you myself? He had. And they had told me to find out why that was so. An uncomfortable feeling came over me. Perhaps the answer to that question was the one I did not want to know. I forced the question past my lips. Why did you choose me? I asked. I could almost feel his smile. It crawled down my spine like a nest of newborn spiders. For millennia, I have searched for someone with enough compassion to hate the game of souls. For thousands of years, I have waited for someone with enough honor to defy me, no matter the personal cost. I stared at him. Why? The question left my lips unbidden. The suspicion I would not like the answer had become a dreadful certainty. Did you think, Thomas, that I did not know you sought aid? I clenched my fingers around the sphere hidden in the depths of my cloak. He knew. I went to them myself many lifetimes ago and asked them for Circe's of this realm. They told me I could not leave my post. The world would be overrun without death. They said that at all times there must be a Lord Death. I sucked in my breath as he continued. And so I searched. But the souls that came naturally to my realm were too corrupt. They had the tendency to reap lives indiscriminately. That is when I created the choice. It was the only way to find a soul pure enough to hate the game itself, yet weak enough to fall into my trap. There was a ringing in my ears. I almost couldn't hear him when he spoke again. Even then, those souls were too weak to defy the corruption I encouraged. They forgot themselves over time and became as bad as the souls who had been destined for my realm to begin with. Until I found you. His gaze rested on me, and I shuddered. It was a foul joke. It had to be. So, I am... I could not finish. Yes, he said gently. He shifted, raising one dark hand, palm up. They must have given you something for me, Thomas. I walked towards him, dazed, and pulled the sphere from beneath my cloak. It blazed bright in the room, throwing light and shadows across the ceiling. He took it from me, his red gaze squinting as he peered into the purity of its light. But why? I asked, my voice sounding lost, even to my own ears. He looked up and then smiled, and his smile was full of 
joy. Because sometimes, Thomas, even death wishes to rest in peace. At his words, the globe brightened until it lit the room like a tiny sun. The light blinded me, and I covered my eyes with my arm as his voice whispered through the room. Your honor will serve you well, Thomas, Lord of Death. Perhaps one day you will understand my desire for peace. Perhaps one day you will use the choice. His voice disappeared with a fading light. When I lowered my arm, the globe sat on the throne, pulsing lightly. He was gone. Never. I whispered my last words to the Dark Lord I had served. I would never be like him. Never again would I subject pure souls to the horror of the choice. Picking up the globe, I turned to leave, when a glint caught my eye. I leaned forward, looking closer. His scythe, the symbol of his office, rested against the side of the throne. I hesitated, and then reached to lay a finger against its blade. A sharp, icy pain ran up my finger and filled me until I was certain it had been cut off. When the pain ebbed away, the scythe was gripped in my fist, and a pool of darkness surrounded my feet. I cursed. Somewhere, he must be laughing. Shaking my head in resignation, I exited the throne room and headed towards the dark gate. The guardians there took a look at me, startled and bowed low as I passed. I wrapped my cloak tighter, pulled down my hood, and shifted through the shadows. Traveling now seemed like second nature. I merely thought, and there, in front of me, was my old cottage. I hesitated. Would Felicity be afraid when she saw me? Perhaps it would be best if I left. But I didn't want her to worry about the choice any longer than necessary. I took a breath walked up to the door, and knocked. I stepped back into the shadows and waited. Felicity might recognize me, but a young man would see only death. The door opened after a moment, Felicity's pale face peeking through the opening. Yes? I stepped forward, pulling back my hood, and she gasped. She glanced over her shoulder, then came outside, quickly shutting the door behind her. Papa? Is that you? She lifted a hand to my face. I leaned away from her touch. I could not bear for her to feel the iciness of my skin. Yes. And no, I said. She dropped her hand, hurt crossing her face once again. She was silent for a moment, and then asked, Have you come for me, Papa? Pride, pain, and love lanced through me. No. She looked up, and I saw relief in her eyes. Then why? She stopped. I knew she did not want to ask why I was there. I came to let you know you need not ever fear the choice again. Have a long life with your babe and your young man, Felicity. And when you call for me, when you are ready to go, I will come. She sighed and smiled up at me. I couldn't help myself. I laid one icy palm against her cheek. I love you, Papa, she said. 
She didn't even flinch at my touch. I swallowed, dropped my hand, and turned away, whispering as I went. I love you too, Felicity. I shifted once again, entering the dark of my realm. I would be there the day she called to usher her myself to the very edge of the light. She was the last vestige of who I was, the living reminder of whom I had once been. But for now, I had duties to attend to. Even if it was possible for me to abdicate, I would not. I was the only one he had trusted to protect the living against the predations of the corrupted dead. This was who I was now, and would be, for a very long time. If someone had asked me for my name just one night past, I would have told them, I am Thomas. Do not ask me now what my name might be. I have none. I have taken on the mantle of the night. I am Lord Death. This has been Lord of Death by K.W. McCabe. You've been listening to Thomas's story in Lord of Death. If you enjoyed his story and would like to find out more about how you can support the continuation of this podcast, you can become a supporter of KW McCabe's line with a small donation to help sustain future episodes. Thank you for listening and all that you do.